today for the reading of God's Word. Thank you so much, worship team. Would you just stay right there for just a few moments, Brady? Worship team, you can be seated. If you got your Bibles, very quickly, I want you to turn with me to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. If you're Pentecostal, you are familiar with that book. The book of Acts, chapter 3. And as you are turning there, I want to encourage you, hear me, to be here next Sunday. How many realize that Jesus is coming back soon for his church? But how many has had questions about where we are at in the timeline of things? Next Sunday, I'm going to preach a message on prophecy. I've studied diligently for this word. I'm prepared even now to preach this because I believe and I'm going to prove that Jesus is coming back. It would not surprise me if Jesus came back today. It would not surprise me if Jesus came back in September. Hear me when I say this. I'm going to teach next Sunday on the four blood moons and where we are at in accordance to that prophetic word because the Bible says that in the end days there's going to be signs in the heaven. The last time that there were four blood moons and they were six months apart, it was called a tetrarch. It happened three times previous to 2015. The first time, 1492. What was 1492? The discovery of America. 1948, Israel became an official state. 1969, Jerusalem became the capital of Israel. And here we are in 2015, the last tetrarch, the last blood moon coming in September. Something significant is happening in the heavenlies. And too many believers are unlearned and unfamiliar with what God is trying to tell His church. Church, it is not time to play games. It is not time to miss just because it's raining. It's not time to bring your children to the beach or to go shopping. It is time to get them into the house of God. And it's time to bring what God is doing in this house to your house but not only that hear me when I say this it is time for the church to be the church and to take the word outside of these four walls and to tell everybody that will listen to stop playing because the Son of God is about to split the eastern sky and in the twinkling of an eye the church is going to be raptured I believe it's about to happen I believe it's coming and I'm going to prove next Sunday, not through opinion, but by the Word of God. It's about to take place. How many is looking forward to that day? The Assemblies of God, our denomination, our fellowship, we have something called the 16 fundamental faiths. One of our fundamental faiths is this, the blessed hope. Because we have hope that Jesus is going to return I'm looking forward to that day I want to preach this message first but it wouldn't surprise me if he came right now I can't wait to go home Acts chapter 3 the Bible says this reading from the New Living Translation Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service as they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate. Notice there that he's not inside the church. A church that's on fire lets everybody inside the house, but a church that's religious makes those that doesn't line up with their own agreement statements sit outside the house. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. And verse 4 says this, that Peter and John looked at him intently. And Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting, say the word expecting, some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter, ha, took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up 
And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and hearing and heard him praising God. When they realized that he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and to John. Look at verse 10. When they realized. I want to start a brand new series. It's going to be a three-part series starting today entitled Expectations Versus Reality. Because I'm here to tell you today that expectations don't always line up with reality. Look at your neighbor right now, and I want you to tell them this. You came expecting one thing, but the reality is you're going to leave with your breakthrough. Look at your other neighbor and say, breakthrough is on the way. Look at somebody behind you and say, breakthrough is here. Now somebody give God some praise in this house. Heavenly Father, add the blessing to the reading of your word. Heal some people today. Bring the breakthrough. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor one more time. Say, get ready, get ready, get ready. At some point in your life, you're going to have an expectation that does not always line up with reality. Now, this is going to be a little bit of a fun series. How many know it's okay sometimes to have fun in the house of God? I want you to know that I love Christmas. I don't care how old you get, I love to receive gifts. Am I talking to anybody in the sanctuary? But it seems like the older that you get, the less gifts you receive. Where is the rule that says the older you get, you don't get jack squat? And I've come to realize that as Joshua gets older, I love to give him gifts. And as Judah is on the way, I love to give my children gifts. But I've realized this, that... I'm not the best gift wrapper in the house. Look at the screen. I wonder if there's anybody in the house today that would say, you know, Pastor, I've wrapped gifts. I, I had an expectation of what it was going to look like, but the reality was it came out looking like that. Some of y'all ain't laughing because you're like, that's my present. I wonder if there's anybody here that loves to cook. I, you know, Thanksgiving is just a few months away. I love Thanksgiving. You know one reason why I love Thanksgiving is because after 15 minutes, I'm in like a turkey coma. I put the TV on. I try and watch the Dallas Cowboys, but I love Thanksgiving. But how many ladies out there would say, you know, Pastor, I had an expectation of what my Thanksgiving dinner was going to look like, but the reality was it came out like that. And don't even get me started on a bad hair day. I wonder if there's anybody that you got all prepared, you were searching, you were on Google, you were looking for a hairstyle that you said, you know what, that's going to look good on me. And so you go in, you, tear the, you tell the stylist, this is exactly what I want to look like. I want to look like Tom Cruise. Come on. I want to look like Brad Pitt. But here's the expectation versus the reality. <laughs> some of you teenagers like that was my elementary pick when I was a young boy I, I got sick often I don't know if you know this about me but my dark my parents had basically the doctor on speed dial and one time I remember being so sick and in so much pain that I was at the age where I realized the importance of taking medicine. I realized I was at the age that the more medicine I take, the better off I'm going to feel. I was begging for my Tylenol over my antibiotic. Because at the time, I, I was at the age, I realized that Tylenol was going to provide a temporary relief.
I wanted something that was going to bring results, but only for a short time. I did not know that Tylenol might bring instant gratification, but that the antibiotic would get to the root of the issue. So while I was begging for Tylenol, I never really understood why my parents were getting the antibiotic first. Because while I was sitting there begging and in pain, my folks realized that Tylenol might just bring a quick result, but the antibiotic would get rid of what I'm dealing with. It would get to my need. And we come to our story today where we find a lame man, a beggar, sitting outside the house of God, begging for money. Now, in the timeline of things, we are in Acts chapter 3. The upper room has already taken place where the Spirit of God introduced himself in a new way to the early church. And the Bible says that everyone was filled with the Spirit of God with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Here's the deal. If you are new to Pentecost, it's not me praying. It's the one inside of me praying through me. No, you don't have to have an interpretation every time you hear somebody pray. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that there are two types of tongues. There's the interpretation of tongues, and there's the diverse kinds of tongues in the King James Version. The diverse kinds of tongues is what you hear people worship in. It's where you hear prayer. It is our daily prayer language. And I'm here to tell you today, I want more tongue talkers in the house of God because there are times I don't know what to pray. I don't know how to pray. I'm going through a bad day. But I'm here to tell you, I tap into a power where the Holy Spirit begins to pray through me because the Holy Spirit always knows what to say. He always knows how to pray through me. I'll need more tongue talkers in this generation. We need a church that allows the Spirit of God to move through the gifting of the speaking in tongues. The disciples are just days removed from the upper room. Peter has already preached, and the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, following the upper room experience, that over 3,000 people were added to their number that day. They have been meeting in each other's homes. The Bible says that they've sold property just to give to the needy. Everybody, they devoted themselves to teaching, to fellowship, and to prayer. And the Bible records that following this, this timeline of events, that Peter and John are on their way to the temple to pray. Now that in itself, them just being together, if you are a student of Scripture, you realize that that in itself is a miracle because it was just a few months ago that Peter actually couldn't stand John. They weren't getting along at the time. Go all the way back to Matthew chapter 20 where James and John literally sent their mother to ask Jesus a very idiotic question. The mother of James and John, they go up to Jesus and say, Hey, Jesus, I just want you to know that you're great, that you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Hey, that you're the butter on my biscuit. I love you, Jesus. So thankful that you're here. But here's the deal, Jesus. I want my boys to be the greatest in the kingdom. When you go to heaven one day, I want my boys to be sitting right next to you. I want them to be recognized. I want them to be somebodies. I want them to have a name. But here's the deal about that, church. I don't exist to make my name great. I exist to make his name great. It is not important for me if anybody knows my name just as long as I'm making his name known in this area, in this community, in this city. I don't care if people say, oh, there's that pastor. All I care about is they say, oh, there's something different about that man. It's not the man. It's the one inside of the man that is different about me. His name is Jesus. And the Bible continues in Matthew chapter 20, verse 24, that once the disciples heard these things, the Word of God says that the other 11 became indignant. 
The word indignant right there just signifies this, that they're mad, they're angry. Have you ever come to church and you were just angry at somebody? You couldn't sit next to them. You couldn't be around them. And all the while, you can't even worship Jesus just because of how mad you are at them. The whole time, you're sitting there thinking, I wonder how I can get back at them. Now, I know I'm not talking to anybody in this house because everybody in this house is perfect. We love one another. We forgive one another. Nobody in this house ever has a difference of an opinion. I know that we're all in unity, but I'm just talking to some real people in the house today. The ones that don't want to play church, the ones when you peel back the layers you say I just want to be honest yeah I'm mad at somebody right now put your hand down you're not mad at your teenager but here's what we need we need a dose of the ghost we need a little bit more of the Spirit of God because if you fast forward a few months later following Matthew chapter 20 the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 the Bible reveals to us that all of the apostles are in one accord the word accord right there in the Greek is homothodon which means this one mind and one passion I'm here to tell you today that the Holy Spirit is the only one in the house that can turn your anger into accord God is saying to his church that we are to be one so that we can serve the one somebody give God some praise if you're here to serve the one the only Jesus and now that they are one Peter and John are headed to the church to pray I believe in prayer I believe in the power of prayer I believe in the results of prayer say pastor give me an example last year when we started our Calvary groups you know we started a group just devoted to people praying and as soon as we launched that group it wasn't too much later that we bought our buildings and placed them on the property I believe that it was God ordained simply because a church rose up and we began to pray and I believe it's time again for the church to rise up and I believe it is time to pray you want to know one reason why here's the reality number one is that there is still power in prayer the early church had it all over us today before they preached they prayed when they had a need they prayed before they learned how to cast out demons heal the sick and cleanse the leper guess what church they prayed we tend to use prayer as a last resort but God wants to tell his church today that it needs to be our first line of defense I love how D.L. Moody said it D.L. Moody the great preacher of yesterday said he who kneels the most will stand the best the Bible says this in first Chronicles chapter 16 verse 11 seek the Lord and his strength seek his face continually Colossians 4 2 the Bible tells us to continue in prayer first Thessalonians 5 17 pray without ceasing I don't believe that we have enough believers today that are praying without ceasing I think we have enough church attendees today that cease to pray I never want to become a person that just goes to church that just marks it off of my list just so that I can look good so that I can go on Facebook and tell everybody you know what I've been to church I don't want to be the type of person that just sits there and watches everybody else get their breakthrough in prayer I want to pray without ceasing I want to seek his face continually I don't want to stop I've got to have enough we have enough churches whose services last 45 minutes and they never have any miracles have you noticed that you never hear anything significant taking place in the supernatural of what God is doing in their life I don't want that there's no signs there's no wonders there's no gifts of the Spirit in operation hear me when I say this that when we need a church that will rise up and say that is not for me I need some power in my life and I realize this more prayer more power more prayer more power more prayer more power we are living in the end times look around and see where our country is headed I'm telling you today the only thing that will let you stand and continue to stand is 
prayer. Church, it's time to rise up and have an old Holy Ghost fashion prayer meeting where we don't care about our hair getting messed up. We don't care about the makeup being runny. We don't care if our clothes get matted. We just care about praying to the one and only God. Somebody give God some praise. And hear me when I say this, church, as the pastor of this house, I decree and I declare that this house will be a house of prayer. It's a non-negotiable. If you choose to make this house your home, we're not going to stop praying. It's our core. It's who we are. We will never seek a platform over his presence. I don't care if you join a ministry, if you begin to lead a ministry. I will never seek a platform over the presence of God. We will never run a program without praying. I'm not interested in performances. I'm interested in his power. And the story continues that as Peter and John are approaching the temple, they come across a lame man. The Bible says that since birth, only, the only thing that he knows is begging for money. And Peter says to this man something profound that it is the answer for the church today. In 2015, I've got the answer for people's needs. When somebody calls the pastor, I've got an answer. When somebody needs counseling, I've got an answer. When somebody has needs, I have an answer. When I come across somebody that says, I'm at the lowest point in my life, don't you worry, because I've got an answer. It's the answer that the church should use today where Peter says, I will give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. Get up and walk. Church, I'm here to tell you today that I'm going to start giving people what I got. I can't give people what I don't have, but what I do have still changes lives. Duh. What I do have still changes lives today. What I do have still performs miracles. What I do have still heals. What I do... What I do have still provides favor. What I do have, there's still revival. And it is in the name of Jesus Christ, the name above all names. And here's the reality, church, number two, hear me, that there's still something about the name of Jesus. I remember growing up singing an old hymn. There's just something about that name. Now, I've been instructed lately that I'm not allowed to, to sing in a microphone. Because if I sing in a microphone, my wife tells me that the couch is comfortable. So I will just voice you the lyrics. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus. I love this one. Light the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms shall all pass away. But there's something about that name. There's something about that name. And I'm here to tell you today, church, it's as true now as it was then that there is still something about the name of Jesus. The prophet Jeremiah, thousands of years before his both, wrote this, There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and your name is great in might. The author of Philippians says this, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name 
that is above every name so that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I love it when Peter and John, if you read it in the context of the original scriptures, they come to him and they say the phrase in the name of. In the name of, if you break it down, it simply means this in the authority of the one who sent me. So you can read in Acts chapter 3 in the original context of Dr. Luke's writing. When Peter and John, they approach the, the beggar man and the beggar says, give me some money. And they say, I ain't got nothing but in the authority of. In the authority of the one who sent me. Church, I'm here to tell you there's nothing special about my name my name it has no bearing really in the authority but it's the one who sent me my name carries no weight to it but it's the one who sent me because there's still something about the name of Jesus at the name of Jesus demons will flee at the name of Jesus cancer ceases to exist at the name of Jesus mountains are moved in the name of Jesus sight is restored in the name of Jesus souls are saved in the name of Jesus the devil is defeated in the name of Jesus victory is ours in the name of Jesus revival hits the house church I'm just talking about a name don't let me stop preaching while I'm preaching good because I'm talking about the name above all names the king the lord the master the savior the anointed one the lily of the valley the rose of Sharon from everlasting to everlasting I'm talking about God's son the Christ the Messiah his name is Jesus somebody's put your hands together for Jesus in this house Look at your neighbor and say, there's still something about that name. Look at five people around you and say, there's still something about your name. There's still something about the name. There's still something about the name. I'm going to need an energy drink following this sermon. Hey. The story continues in verse 7. The Bible tells us that then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, <laughs> the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. Church, the expectation of the world today is that there's no miracles that take place anymore. The expectation of the world is that now the church just plays games. That there's a bunch of hypocrites in the house. I saw that there's a new series the other day called Impastor, where literally a, a drug addict becomes the pastor of the church illegally, to be honest with you. And that's the entertainment of the world nowadays. The scandals of pastors who are imperfect people. They're sheep just like you. Everybody has this belief that the pastor is the shepherd, and he is, but I'm a sheep as well, so I'm sitting here trying to figure out how I can hold my shepherd's rod in my hoof just like you. There's nothing special about me. I'm just trying to be like him. I'm trying to say, like Paul, follow me as I follow Jesus. And the, the expectation is that nothing significant happens in the house. But here's the reality of where we're at. Number three, Jesus still heals. The Word of God says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And the Bible continues that by his stripes 
we are healed. The word healed right there in the Hebrew is the word rafa, and rafa means this, to become refreshed and repaired. And one of my assignments as a pastor is to provide an atmosphere where people become fresh and repaired. And I'm here to tell you today that if Jesus repairs, then Jesus is the ultimate repair man. Hey, hey. You see, of the 37 miracles that Jesus performed in the harmony of the Gospels, 25 of the 37 went for people's healings. <laughs> if Rapha means repaired, I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is still the repair man. Aren't you glad that we serve a God who doesn't get troubled? That no matter the report that you receive, I believe in the report of the Lord because nothing is too hard for my God. Because with God, all things are possible to those who believe. And something begins to take place in this beggar outside Gate Beautiful. And all the time for his entire life, he's been begging for money. That's all he knows. But he began to change his belief system. He started to believe in something besides a temporary gain. He started to believe in something besides instant gratification. He began to believe the lame man went from a beggar to a believer. And something powerful takes place when a church begins to believe again. Don't, don't you accept, hear me when I say this, don't you accept what the world says to be truth. Stop believing in man and start believing in him and his word. Your help is on the way because your breakthrough is going to come as a result of your belief. Your breakthrough is going to come as a result of your belief. And the Bible declares to us in Hebrews chapter 13 that my God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And that gives me assurance right now that if Jesus healed 2,000 years ago, if Jesus healed my neighbor, if I, can, if I can hear reports of somebody getting healed in the house, then that means that Jesus can heal me today, August 30th, 2015, because Jesus still heals. Somebody shout unto God with a voice of triumph that Jesus Christ still heals. And the Bible continues, I'm going very quickly because I, I feel a yearning in my spirit to get to the altars. The Bible continues that once the man is healed, you got to love his reaction. Verse 8, he jumped up. He stood on his feet. He began to walk. And then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went and to the temple with them. And all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. Here's reality. Number four is that your breakthrough will always demand your worship. If you look into the scriptures, the man began to praise God. The word praise in the Greek is the word aneo, which means this, to extol, to laud, and to celebrate. Can I'm, here, I'm just here to tell you today that every time we gather together, I come to celebrate Jesus. I came to laud his name. I came to extol the name above all names. I came to lift his name higher because I believe, as I've said just a moment ago, there's still something about his name, and I got to shout it. I got to use my mouth because here's the deal. Blessed people are noisy people. I don't want to go to a church where nobody talks. I don't want to go to a church where people don't talk to the pastor and say amen. And I don't want a church that we can't just stop in the middle of a sermon and praise God because the spirit is moving. We got a report just a few moments ago that during worship, somebody's leg was healed as soon as we started singing. That's the type of church that I believe in. And I believe that when people get healed, when lives are transformed, I believe that people have got to begin to use their mouth and tell everybody about the greatest gift that just happened to them. I believe, hear me when I say this, that the beggar is praising Jesus for what he's done. And I wonder if there's anybody in the sanctuary today as I'm beginning to close that praises Jesus for what he's done in your life. 
I wonder if there's anybody in the house that can put your hands together, put your hands in the air, open up your mouth, and just begin to thank him for being good to you. Begin to thank him for watching over you, watching over your family, watching over your children, meeting needs, putting gas in the car, putting food on the table, putting clothes on your back for saving your family. I'm just here to begin to talk about how good my God's been to me. My God has brought me and Jackie to the greatest church on earth. My God has got me another boy on the way. My God supplies all my needs according to his riches and goodness. I'm just here to brag on Jesus for just a few moments. Don't let my praise bother you because I got to lift my voice and tell everybody that he is the best thing. Sit down, sit down, sit down. I'm not done yet. The Bible reveals to us in Acts chapter 4, one chapter later, as Peter and John are answering to the Sanhedrin about what they've just done. You see, healings and miracles mess up religious people. They began to excuse Peter and John once they've addressed them. And if you read in the context of the scriptures in Acts chapter 4, all the leaders are gathering together and they're saying to one another, we can't deny that miracles have been taking place under these men's leadership because here's this beggar and they reveal how old the beggar is. Now we know in Acts chapter 3 that he's been begging since birth, but the leaders of the church, they tell us that he's 40 years old. Now, I told you last week that numbers in the Scripture are significant. I'm a numbers guy. I love numbers in the church. I don't want to go to a half-empty church. I believe that every number represented in here is another represented in heaven. And I'm not here... Oh. I'm not here to compete with any other church. I'm here to compete with hell. I want to depopulate hell, and I want to begin to populate heaven. Now, the number 40, it means this a season of testing and a season of trial. And one reason that I believe this beggar is jumping up and shouting and walking and praising God at the top of his lung is because for 40 years he's been in a test, but now he's passed the test. And I wonder if I'm talking to anybody in the house today that says, Pastor, I've been in a test. You have no idea what me and my family have been facing. All hell has been released upon me and my household. But guess what? I'm going to praise God in the middle of my storm, in the middle of my test where I don't feel him. He doesn't talk to me. I don't hear him. I'm still going to praise him because I realize that there ain't nothing better than praising the king of kings, that there's nothing better than praising the one who heals me. There's nothing better who will grade my test and give me an A. And it's okay if he doesn't talk to me during the middle of my test because I realize that teachers don't talk while the students are taking the test. And I'm still going to put my trust in my teacher today. I wonder if there's anybody right now that can put your hands together for 10 seconds if he's brought you through a test, if he's brought you through a season of dryness, if he's brought you through, I thank you, Lord, that in the middle of my test, you are still God. Oh, somebody give God some praise in this house. Somebody get a little noisy. Somebody lift your voices. Don't you give God a golf clap right now. Sit down. I'm not done yet. Hold yourself, hold yourself. One thing I love about the book of Acts 
is because if you begin to look at the word acts, we actually get it from our English word today, action. I want to go to a church where there's action. There's a reason why all the action movies are the highest grossing movies out there. Because everybody likes action. There's a reason that churches grow. There's a reason why word gets out about what God is doing at Calvary. It's because we're a church of action. This is a church where we allow God to act huh, on our behalf. And hear me when I say this church. I believe today that miracles still take place in the house. I believe in action today. I don't want to just preach a message on healing. Preach a message on the Spirit of God. Preach a message on praising and then pray and dismiss. I want to let God be God. And I want some action to take place in the house of God. Christianity is all about action. It's not just something that we read or, or that we're taught. It's something that we do. When I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I didn't respond to him that from here on out, I'm going to come to church and put my rear end on a pew and call it quits. Hear me when I say this. When I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I didn't get on a cruise. I got on a battleship. And things are going to get tough. The Bible says that the enemy is going to throw some fiery darts at us, but don't you worry, I got a shield. But all that signifies is this, that in warfare, those that get victory are the ones that are in the war. We got too many Christians that want to stay in the trenches nowadays. That's not where the action is at. You want revival? Get out of the trench. You want breakthrough? Get out of the trench. You want favor? Get out of the trench. You want to go to the next level? Get out of the trench. You want to hold a microphone and preach? Get out of the trench. You want to lead a church? Get out of the trench. Teenager, you want your school to be set on fire for Jesus? Get out of the trench. Young person that goes to college, you want to see your professor that's teaching humanism and teaching communism? Get out of the trench. America that's teaching socialism and killing babies and legalizing homosexual marriage, it's time for the believers to get out of the trench. I'm telling you today that we are prophetically, we're about to stand up in one accord, in one mind. We're going to let the anger cease in the house. And in just a moment, we're going to stand up. We're going to lift both hands towards heaven. And we are going to prophetically shout unto God that a church in New Smyrna Beach that's on the rise is about to get out of the trench because there's something more to be done in this city. There's something more to be done on the property. My neighbors have got to come to know Jesus. The ones that I've been praying for for years, they're about to come to know the master. I'm telling you right now, if you love Jesus, you want breakthrough. You want to see revival hit the land. And it's on the count of three, I want you to get up on your feet. Now, don't you get up if you're, if you're happy with the status quo. But on the count of three, you want revival, you want the Spirit of God to fall in this house, you want to claim your miracle, you want your breakthrough, you want favor, one, two, three, get up on your feet right now, put your hands together, put your hands in the air and say, I'm out of my trench, I'm in the action, I want my breakthrough, I'm going to signify right now that there's more to come in this city, church, don't you stop, don't you stop, don't you stop, lift up your voice with a shout of triumph prophetically claim that there's more to come the reality is is that God is about to have his way in the city God is about to have his way in his church God is about to have his way in your life come on band let's go this entire week I have felt in my spirit as I've prayed, as I've stewarded over this word, 
I felt in my spirit that God is about to heal some folks in this house. And I'm not just talking about physical healing. We're going to lay our hands on people that need physical healing today. But I believe that there are people that have been carrying around emotional baggage. That you cannot forgive the person that has spoken wrong or, or done something ill to you over the past few years. It's time to let that go and let God heal you. Some of you are mad at the church. You're burnt out at the church. Something took place in the church. It's time to let that go and let God spiritually heal your spirit. I believe he's here. I believe his presence is here. And I believe that healing waters are flowing right now on these altars. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's the one that repairs me and makes me fresh. Raise your hands in this house and can we begin to invite and extol the name of Jesus in this house. Before we lay hands on anybody, just invite him into your life. Begin to praise him through the storm, through the test. Your Alpha, your Omega. Sing it out from the depths of your soul. We give. 
shout the music. Come on, say, we give you all. saith the Lord I am here and I am in your midst I am the God who healeth thee I am the mender of your needs and I am the lifter of your heads nothing is too hard for me dear one bring your need to me and allow me to heal you this day for my yoke is easy and my burden is light receive from my holy spirit and leave changed thus saith the lord in this house ha huh. if that's you today if that's you today you've got a need that only god can do something about you've tried every other avenue but god is saying you haven't tried me yet if that's you, would you get out of your seat right now? Begin to line up the altars. Begin to line up uh, in between the pews right now. Get out of your seat. Those that are healed will get out right now. Those that are asking God to do something in your life, come, 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 come. We're doing this old school. I don't care if people see me or not. It's not about people seeing me. It's about God seeing me today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, people are still coming. If that's you, come. Come, come. Only God can do something about my life right now. Only God can do something about my body, my finances. Come on, lift your voice. You'll lift your hands all over the sanctuary. Lift your voices all over this room right now. Begin to ask God for glory and begin to intercede for your brothers and sisters in this house. We give you all.
deserves your glory. We stand here today. Come on, lift your hands and sing. We give you all the glory. the presence of God is here in this sanctuary right now. This is what I'm going to ask you to do. Hold on, Ben. Hold on, team. I just feel a check in my spirit to do something that I personally have never done. I've seen it done before, but I've never led it. How many by a show of hands would say, Pastor, I know somebody who's not here right now in this sanctuary that needs a touch of God in their life. If that's you, would you raise your hand up right now? Hands are all over this sanctuary. How many's got a cell phone? I want you to dial them up right now. Get them on the line. Tell them what's going on in this church, and we're going to pray for them right now. Can you do that? Go ahead and get up. This is the only time in church I want you to use your cell phone besides taking notes. Come on, somebody. Go ahead and do it. I know some of y'all are right now reaching for your, your wallets, your purses, your pews. Get it out. I see some of y'all dialing right now. In the name of Jesus, I don't care where they're at right now. Michigan, Rhode Island, Vermont, Tennessee, Arkansas. If they're Daytona Beach, Edgewater, they're just not here. But I believe that the Spirit of God can touch them wherever they're at. I said, I believe the Spirit of God can touch them wherever they're at. If you get them on the line, tell them very quickly that the pastor of this house wants to pray for them. Some of y'all are still calling right now. Hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Miracles are about to take place over the phone. If you got them on the, on the line, hold your phone up. Jesus, Jesus. Some of y'all are still on the phone. Some of them are still ringing. If it goes to voicemail, I don't care. Hold the voicemail up. We'll pray them over the voicemail. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I'm going to start in 10 seconds. Here we go. Heavenly Father, I pray for every single person that's not here but on this phone. 
that wherever they are at, the Spirit of Most High God would encounter them. As they are in the living room of their house, if they are in the dining room, Lord, if they are at a friend's house, the mall, wherever they are at, in a hospital room, Lord, we pray that the healing waters that flow from this church would find them right now. Lord, we believe that cancer is about to cease to exist in somebody's body. Lord, we believe that diabetes is about to be gone because someone's blood sugar level is about to normalize. Father, we believe right now that sight is going to be restored. Father, we believe right now that cysts are going to dissolve. Hallelujah. Father, I believe right now that tumors will disappear. Father, I believe right now that pain in the body is going to leave because Jehovah Rapha is finding them. Make them whole. Repair them. Make them fresh. God, do what medicine cannot do. Father, we right now release the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Touch, 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 touch in the name of Jesus. Now find them on the phone. Ask them if they're still there and ask them if they felt anything right now. If they say they're healed, I want you just to raise your hand right now as a testimony. Hey, look at this. I saw two hands already being waved. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Another one. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise your Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Praise your Lord. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Now, while you're still on the phone with them, tell them to come to church next week. Come on. <laughs> tell them you'll get them. You'll pick them up. You'll take them to Burger King afterwards and buy them a Whopper. <laughs> Praise the Lord. How many believe that we've encountered something special today? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Feels like revival. Would you lift your hands all over the sanctuary as I dismiss us in prayer? Father, God, we sign, we seal, we protect everything that has been done in your name today. Lord, we ask that this would not stop, but that this would just be the beginning of something greater that's going to take place in this house. God, we ask that every Sunday that we meet, that miracles would meet us here. Father, every time the doors open up to Calvary NSB, you're waiting on us. You're going to take us higher. God, we pray right now for your people as we leave this place. Bless them as they walk out of here. Let everywhere they go, they take ground back in the name of Jesus that we're going to take back what the devil has stole from me. I'm taking back this week my happiness. I'm taking back my joy. The devil can't have it. I'm taking back my health this week. I claim favor, and I claim open doors. I claim open heaven, that an answer from Jesus is on the way this week right now, God. Continue, Lord, to do a mighty work in this place. We love you, God, and we praise you for what you're doing in Jesus name Jesus name church be here next Sunday it's going to be a message that you do not want to miss it's, I'm going to impart to you where we are at and the timeline of Jesus' return hug some people before you leave tell them that you love them the altars are open if you want to praise God for a little while longer you got to go you're dismissed I love you so much Give me one.